It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station 77 WABC. Trying to figure what this is. I don't know why you'd play U2 on Labor Day weekend. I don't think Ireland even... I, oh, actually, you know what? I, I'm, I'm tempted to say Bono is an American citizen now. Is he? Does he have dual citizenship? I, I actually don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to I'm trying to bail out Diego over there. No, why not play Vertigo? Oh, Kevin? Why All not right. play Vertigo? Because obviously, if you happen to be a friend of Vladimir Putin, you may have Vertigo as his <laughs> friends who are now foes end up flying out of windows of high-rise apartments, condos, and hospital wards. Yeah. You, you, this is a new thing. Putin will throw you, he'll even throw you out of your hospital bed window. <laughs> They're proving the Russians uh, have not learned to fly. That's what uh, Jewish organized crime, Murder Incorporated, did to one of the rats who ratted them out. Uh, the Half Moon Hotel in Coney Island, the Brooklyn DA was housing him there for his safekeeping. And the next thing you know, he was thrown out the window. And uh, I believe it was Lepke, no, Lepke and Guru. I, I forget the guy's name. I can't believe this. I'm somewhat but you know what you know what I'm wondering about this. You know, it it used to be all of the spy movies we would always see. You know, the guy surreptitiously getting stuck with the end of a of an umbrella while waiting to cross the street. No one knows how he died. Yeah, James Bond. Even even when when the Russians did that thing on the they put the poison on the doorknob of someone in Great Britain. Apparently, Putin does not give a rat's toot. Who who knows? He's throwing people out of hospital rooms. I mean, I mean, I guess he, he, he really is now getting a taste for this. He's like, he likes well, the flourish. Speaking of, of taste, a lot of Russians, uh, when they're on the lamb from Putin, they like sushi. He encourages them to order sushi. And then he taints it, you know, with his agents, with poison. If you notice, they die the most horrible death. Yeah. And I would bet you that this death of Gorbachev, uh, the uh, author uh, of Glasnost and Perestroika that led to the uh, falling of the old Soviet Union, the coming down of the wall, that he recently gave an interview to some um, correspondent. It wasn't all that negative about Putin, but it wasn't all that friendly. I wouldn't doubt that he had Gorbachev whacked, because remember, in Russia, they all hated Gorbachev. He, he, he was like Tony Blair in the U.K. He was like Mario Cuomo in New York State. Loved everywhere else, but hated where he obviously had occupied uh, leadership Well, position. he's kind of, he was the anti-Putin, according to the historical narrative of the Putinistas, he was the anti-Putin, right? He was the one that opened up a road to the West. He's the one that uh, arguably kind of let go of the dream, of the Stalinist dream. But we, you, you do kind of risk now seeing, like, is no one dying of natural causes in Russia? <laughs> like, is, is Putin have a hand in every famous person that winds I, I, up? I mean, I've never heard of so many people diving out of windows. Yeah. You know, 38th floor, 42nd floor, splat. <laughs> All of a sudden, they walk outside, you know, an accident, they get hit by a truck. Yeah, but, I don't, but if you read some of the news reporting, they say they died of mysterious circumstances falling out a hospital window. Like, I think that needs some editing. I think you can take out of the mysterious circumstances part, right? If, if you're falling out your hospital window to your death, I think we, the editor, to all of the editors of the AP style book and everything else, I think we can pretty much come to the conclusion ourselves that was a mysterious circumstance. And let's face it, the Putinistas out there, they probably say, hey, they deserved it. They, whatever they did, they deserved it. Wow. Well, that's the thing you wonder. Obviously, it's a message to somebody. But look, I'm not a Russian energy executive, so I don't even know what I'm supposed to learn from Luke this. Luke oil. Luke but, oil. But this is now eight Russian energy executives have met their, you know, mysterious deaths. You know, there was number four was a guy who was attacked by a rabid porcupine. I don't. I mean, I didn't even know there was a way you could die, but that apparently <laughs> well, is a thing in Russia. You know, there must be some kind of relationship between Putin and yes, Elon Musk, because he wants everything to be electric, and so Putin is himself. He's not doing what California is doing, phasing out of fossil fuel, but he's taking the quick measure of phasing out of fossil fuel by just whacking all the oil executives. Yeah, that's, see, there's that's, a quick way to do that. That's right. He's 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 going. <laughs> He's cutting out the middle one. But you wonder, I mean, again, you can be like, 
you know, these Kremlinologists trying to figure out from the news what you would learn. Obviously, you would think that energy executives in Russia, what did they do wrong? They didn't decide to cut off, you know, to have this international conflagration. All it requires is whether in private conversation or in texts or sexting, because remember, they set up honeypots. Putin is so famous for setting up honeypots. That's what they thought happened to Trump when he visited Moscow. That's what happened. Look, when I was in Moscow, uh, I stayed at the Hotel Gorbachev. I mean, all night long, there were female prostitutes banging on the door. Hey, you want sex? In English, right? Then there were male prostitutes. Then there were non-binary. I don't know what to call them. They just kept coming in waves. And you know that there are cameras in that hotel room. It's all meant to blackmail you to expose you so that whatever they want from you, you're going to give them. Well, but in in this case, what it probably is, is I bet you these Russian energy executives and whatever they're calling themselves, they are probably not happy with the policies right now in terms of how it's jamming them up. So this might be Putin's way of anytime you anytime you raise any opposition to what he's trying to do. Or for all you know, these energy executives were trying to figure out ways – to go around what Putin wanted. All that being said, you're exactly right. It is not a good time. If you're the family of Ravel Maganov, we send your condolences. Um, it is the only hospital window in all of <laughs> Russia you can open. <laughs> That's the other thing. You can't even open a hospital window. Someone had to, had, to, had to kind of cut a hole in it first. But they're all deemed extremely suspicious yes, deaths. they were. Untimely deaths. Yes. Apparently, they were in the best of health. They were recently on their gazillion-dollar yachts. They were enjoying their property in Italy and England, of which many of them have. Uh, they love Cyprus. They love to launder their money on Cyprus. And then all of a sudden, mysteriously, gone. Yes. Friends yes. of Putin one day and then perceived enemies or real enemies the next day, and you become collateral damage. Yep. I can't say why Putin hasn't been taking my calls, but apparently uh, I think it's not a, a, a huge leap to assume and, that. And then remember, everybody in the CIA, right, we've been studying him. He has brain cancer. He has blood cancer. He's shaking. He has Parkinson's disease. He's going to die. The guy looks better than ever before. He seems fine. Also, all of this, <laughs> we believe him to be unstable. I don't know. I, stable, unstable. He's throwing people out of hospital windows. I'm not really sure I need a description of that kind of behavior. And then they say that they, he, he takes baths in uh, moose elk. You know, they, they, they take off the antlers. They grind it down. They put it in a bath, and he gets uh, relief. It's like a schwitz for him, and it re-energizes him, uh, reinvigorates him. I don't believe any of this stuff. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Last week on the Putin Radio Hour, he was talking about your bathing habits, too. <laughs> so we, are, we have mysteries. We have mysteries. Well, there are mysteries in your own neighborhood. Uh, we've been talking about growing crime rates, violent crime rates all over the city. It's uh, affecting almost every neighborhood. And now, boy, it's right in your backyard. Back to back, belly to belly. First, it's 5 o'clock in the morning, right across from the NYU dorm where the old Palladium used to be. You know, they turn that all into NYU dorms. I used to go to the Palladium often. I used to have great rock acts, great acts that came there. And then, remember, uh, Andrew Cuomo, he turned that into a housing for homeless. And then all of a sudden, NYU, like everything else, bought up everything in the Greenwich Village area and the Lower East Side for housing for their students. And they don't pay any property taxes. But so the kids um, are in their rooms and they hear pow, 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 pow. They look out the window, and here's a woman down on the ground, face down, shot four times in the back of the head. And they see running away a guy with a black hoodie, black mask, and he's gone. And then in a few hours, there's another guy who seems to match the same description right on 12th Street in the uh, what used to be called the Alphabet Jungle. And a guy is coming out of his, um, uh, his place of residence. And he gets shot four times in the back of the head. Bang, 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 bang. Almost like a ninja assassin. And he's running away. Now, as you know, you live in that general area. There are cameras everywhere. Cameras in the private buildings. Cameras on the city uh, telephone poles and the lanterns. So they have video of the person. But, boy, that has sent shockwaves through the neighborhood because you've got an executioner out there who knows how to kill and get away and do it again. Well, a couple of things on this. You know, one, the the woman that 
perished on 14th Street, right by the 14th, the, the Union Square subway stop. I, I And this is, might be a quibble. I don't like the way the New York Post describes her as an exotic dancer. Like, if you read the description in the story, she was coming off an overnight shift at IHOP. Not an easy job. Yeah, not an I and, and by the way, you know, that's an IHOP that I, I go with Jordan sometimes. And and I just think it's it's like the way we – I don't know. I mean, I it's it's funny – it's not funny, but I, I, I don't like the way that in order to make the stories more salacious, that that kind of a descriptor is used when, frankly, it wasn't fleshed out anywhere by the reporter. You know, they, they, the fact that that this person was clearly struggling, trying to trying to make ends meet, had trouble, was a mother, et cetera, et cetera. But these are examples of crimes that have nothing to do with a quote unquote <clears throat> crime wave. They're not typical of the other things we've been hearing about, because these are people that knew one another it seems we it, think we well don't know. yes i mean this was not this was someone that was the person at least in the case of the woman that worked at ihop the person was waiting across the street the where the old pc richards was now there's this new glass building there um they they were waiting across the street when the person came down the block the person walked across the street went up behind her and shot her it seems most overwhelming you know this you're more of an expert on crime than i am but most murders are between two people who knew each other and the other variable is drugs. Correct. You Correct. Know, is drugs. You know, so those two things are involved in like eighty-five percent of all. You know, the idea of someone randomly killed. One of the reasons it's so frightening is when it's truly random, like it was in the subway that one time. It shakes our very foundation because it really is unusual. I know, but these kinds of crimes are taking place everywhere. It's every day. There's an inundation of these crimes. And look, what else happened? Tompkins Square Park. I used to live right across the street. Avenue A, Tompkins Square Park. That was a day when David Dinkins was the mayor. He put up a fence because the anarchists and the remaining yipsters, they would have demonstrations there that sometimes uh, led to uh, riots with the nearby police at the 9th Precinct. So David Dinkins put up a fence around there, and there was a curfew. Well, And riots. Right. Oh, yeah. Major riot. I watched it from right outside the rooftop where they brought in the helicopter, we call that the ghetto bird, it came down right on the treetops, and then the yipsters were rolling little balls underneath the feet of the police, the the police on the horses, causing the horses to trip and fall, and then the police went flying. It was all crazy. It was all uh, havoc. But then, uh, then Tompkins Square Park started to calm down. Well, this particular crime, although it's not a crime of violence, but it sort of epitomizes what's going on in New York. You can crawl underneath a car. The New York Post shows you how you can steal a catalytic converter in two and a half minutes. And a group of Philadelphia skateboarders walked into Tompkins Square Park. They took a U-Haul. They took the favorite uh, bench of the skateboarders of the Lower East Side. They like to do all kinds of tricks off that because it was the arc was perfectly contoured where they could do that. They stole it. Then they brought it back to Philly. They took self cellies, no hoodies on, no masks, and they basically said, "What are you going to do about it? We came in, we took your bench. What are you going to do about it?" And you're saying to yourself. Almost anybody can come into the city, take anything. You can go into a store, shoplift booths. You can go into a park, steal anything. You can commit a crime, get away with it. It's like the sense is that it's lawless. Well, there, this story, I thought you were going to go somewhere else with this story because it does have kind of a funny, whimsical kind of feel to it. But if you're going to tie it into the trends in the city, there is something to that. Today, for the first time, Target, on 14th Street and Avenue A, not far from where I live, I went to buy laundry detergent and had to call an attendant because it was behind the plastic shield. Was it tied? I think it was tied. That's right. like street currency. Oh. oh, oh yes, I agree. Tied. Oh man, forget it. You might that you might as well have Fort Knox to protect it. And tied. I tell you, here are the things. It's <laughs> a very it's it's the weird. If it is fairly compact but high cost. That makes it great for them to steal. So there's a lot of that, a lot of detergent and razor blade cartridges, things like that that are kind of compact. Oh, you can sell expensive. it right out in the street. Yeah. Um, so that's that was a tipping point because then you're getting a big corporation who is saying this isn't like an individual CVS. This is a big corporation saying we're going to go into lockdown around here also. 
But the the thing, and we've lost many of our listeners around the example. So, and I and I had to be you had to you had to turn me on to this story because I wasn't aware of it. There is apparently a historic skateboarding bench. I know that sounds like a weird thing, but because of its shape and because of its weight, skateboarders make a lot of videos of themselves uh, operating, doing their tricks on these skateboards. But this is a moment, and I, and I know, I mean, Diego's a skateboarder, or at least he's trying to look like one. But my beef is this: you watch these guys out there doing their tricks; they're never successful. They're That's out true. there flipping around; they never are successful. Never. But they have this bench, and this bench was stolen. A three hundred pound bench was stolen. And we know where it is. Curtis, I think we should be leading a brigade to get it back. Oh, no. I and hate, maybe we I can hate skateboarders. I, I loathe them. It's I the despise the them. It's the principle of the thing. But the fact that Philly could come in and steal a bench, and there's no response here from New York. And you know who their co- police commissioner is in Philly? A woman named Outlaw. How fitting that in crime central Philadelphia that's had more murders than ever before, the police commissioner's name yeah. would be out. That's like a guy's sexting name, Wiener. It's just crazy. Anyway, up next, uh, your guy, Stephen Cohen, says, I'm only willing to spend $300 million to get a World Series, and my team is going down, 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 down. On left versus right, it's Anthony Wiener. You're surely Curtis Lee. If you missed any of the... Uh, show in the middle with Anthony Weiner. Just go to wabcradio.com. That's wabcradio.com for that podcast. And what's your other podcast, Anthony? It's called Keys to the City. We have a great one coming up on Thursday that goes out of control. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. Well, it turns out, Anthony Weiner, your street smart sense was correct. You called it based on uh, your instinct. A guy has been arrested in the execution murder of the IHOP employee that we were just talking about at 5 o'clock in the morning, not far from where you live on 14th Street in Union Square. And it turns out that I guess is the baby mommy daddy. I don't think they were ever married, but father of at least uh, one of this woman's three children. And you had pointed out that in the video he was lying in wait. And as she headed home from her second job at IHOP, he came up behind her and then shot her multiple times in the back of the head and fled. And so apparently he was arrested in Brooklyn where he resides. And this uh, is very similar to what happened if you remember, a few months ago on the corner of 95th and Lexington, it's the park that I trained uh, Anthony, my oldest son, to play basketball. Never has problems there. And remember, it was a young woman with her child, and a guy was pacing up and down and then came up behind her, blew her brains out right there in front of everybody and fled, and then eventually was arrested, and he, too, was the uh, father of the child. And the woman happened to have been a student of our own Vinnie Madugno, uh, who teaches uh, high school at Port Richmond High School. He he said, I, I interviewed Vinny, who comes on from five to six. He's the protege of uh, Cousin Brucie. Said she was a great student, an excellent track star, an athlete, had some uh, personal setbacks. Both her and her mother ended up uh, in a shelter. In fact, she was staying at a shelter there in the Upper East Side. And this uh, father of her child was stalking her. And probably a very similar circumstance to this. Uh, unfortunately, um, uh, this young woman's uh, life was taken, uh, and this uh, this will probably be deemed a crime of passion, although you have to make examples of these kind of guys. Well, I mean, look, you know, all, all we know is what the report is, that they, they found this guy and on his rap sheet is, just in this story, four or five instances of domestic violence complaints against him, a rap sheet that includes... I mean, that includes 20 prior arrests. So in a way, it is a narrative that you described. I mean, this there is a thematic thing going on, re, you know, recidivism among people committing crimes. I don't know. Look, just because someone leaves Brooklyn and comes to Gramercy, we should remember there's crime going. These types of crimes could be happening anywhere. 
Um, This woman has kids. It's a sad story. I think the next level of the story is, okay, what happened to him these 20 other times that he was arrested? What happened these four or five other times he's accused of domestic violence? Now, it's not clear from the story whether she was the victim that had the complaints. Could have been, maybe not. It almost doesn't matter. The fact is this is someone that shows increasing violence against women and finally puts a bullet in someone's head. Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a horrible thing. Well, I'll be on the rest of the weekend, so I'll be able to provide any late-breaking details. But uh, let's talk baseball because uh, your guy, Stephen Cohen, who said, money doesn't matter, I'll spend whatever it takes to bring a World Series championship to City Field, has now all of a sudden walked it back. Like politicians will walk back a statement and said, I tell you what, I'll cap it out at 300 million. Cap it out at 300 million. What, what happened to Daddy Warbucks? Uh, well, before I speak, I have walk on music that I like to play before I make any remarks about the, the New York Mets. So know. let's, well, yes, I, I, I need to have the audience fully prepared. What are you worried about, the Atlanta I, Braves? Just, please. Visualize me walking into the studio. Visualize me sitting down at the microphone, putting on my headset, and getting ready to make my long-awaited comments about the New York Mets. Oh, okay, all right. So Daddy Warbucks just said he's capping it out at $300 million. Just the other week at the old-timers game, he said unlimited expenditures, whatever it takes, Met fans, as he even retired Willie Mays' number that he wore well, briefly when he played for the Mets. He said, we are bringing a world championship to City Field, and now he's walked it back within a week. You're trying to find a negative to what, bring what to happened? this. When the Yankees have been such a dumpster fire recently, they lose 9 to nothing. They they are, if they keep playing like this, it's going to be the second place in New York Can Yankees you in no time. if George Steinbrenner Sr. had said all of a sudden, Oh, I'm going to cap it out at uh, 30 million or 100 million or 120 million. Come on. Do you know who's who's talking about this right now? Nobody. What we're talking about is the fact that when two out of three against the high flying LA Dodgers, that you know we, we beat the Nationals yesterday. Even though, frankly, you, me, and Diego can beat the, the Washington Nationals. But they, yo, I think what he he said originally is it's up to Degrom. We're willing to pay him. Which isn't a great negotiating position to be in if you're <laughs> if you're Cohen. And Cohen, Cohen didn't become a billionaire for nothing. And well, I think what he said, trading information, he should have been in jail. I'd say, listen, you're not going to have me to defend him. But I I will say this: that's an exciting place out there in Queens right now. That is an exciting, and as opposed to what's going, I mean, Yankee fans are losing their marbles right now. But I I would want to be. A, I am surprised, by the way. You know, I mentioned this on my show. Did you see any of the, the, of the Serena Williams thing yesterday? Did I see it? I'm just so happy she lost. This way we don't have to focus on tennis that I hate, I loathe. I'm I... not a big tennis fan either. I And I know this is an unpopular thing to say. I still remember how disrespectful she was to Naomi Osaka in 2018 in that finals. And if you remember that, she she committed violence. She, she got blown out by Osaka in that final. And this was Naomi Osaka coming of age. She was 19, 18. She, a woman of color. This is an enormous story about, about this woman. And Serena, in that match, took a couple of penalties, broke some rackets. At the end, she was still complaining. There were boos coming down during the awards ceremony. This poor girl is in tears. I still remember that. And then last night, I was pulling for Serena, too. I wanted to see her keep this run going. She wound up pushing it to a third set against this 29-year-old Australian. Who I've, I'm not a big tennis fan to, you know, uh, either. And this, this 29-year-old uh, wins the third set going away 6-1, I think. And everything is about Serena, as it should be. This is her final match. She doesn't even congratulate her opponent, doesn't acknowledge her opponent in any way. Well, that's a LeBron James. It's a little – and, and, and maybe it's a quibble. Maybe when you're that good, you get to be as whatever. Maybe it was all about – I just thought – imagine being that – by the way, well, that, that stadium, well, that stadium. At least she didn't do what her daddy in the movie did to Chris Rock and smack her in the face – well, I'll tell you. I mean, though, where was Will Smith? Oh, that's right. He's I'll making you, a movie. Let me, in Ecuador. let me finish this point, though, because I'll tell you something else. As a Queens guy, that stadium was about as intense a home field for Serena as you're ever going to find. Yes. Because it's not a team sport, it's just two people. So the entire place, every time that this, this woman from Australia, I forget her name, every time she would have hit a first serve um, fault, cheers, which you don't do in tennis, you don't cheer. Someone. She'd win a game, crickets. 
Not a single person, even when the match was done, even when the match was done, like no one knew whether to cheer or what because they were so rooting for Serena. And yet, when all of that, she was completely held it together. Her interview, she, she was pitch perfect, this woman. She said, I was rooting for Serena too, and I didn't think I'd even have a chance to win, whatever it is. I just thought it was a little bit of an off-key of what should have Come been. On, she's a diva. Come on. She's, uh, a, she's been a diva. She's like LeBron James. LeBron James loses. All the players are shaking hands. He decides, I'm not shaking your hand. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I mean, she is the greatest of all time, and you want I don't know. I don't know what I expect. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a quibble. Maybe it's a quibble. Maybe this was her day and that what the other person was an insignificant player. But I, I just, I'm an underdog person. You know, this this woman, of course, a 29-year-old, she'd never advanced this far in a Grand Slam before. And under all of, I can just imagine that pressure. Under all of that pressure, she did everything right. She didn't walk off the court after she went. She waited there. She waited there patiently. In the interview, she was pitch perfect, said, I was rooting for Serena, too. I didn't think I was going to win. I'm so excited for her day. It wouldn't have killed Serena to, to congratulate Oh, you're kidding, Divas. I mean, come on. You don't expect that. they got, they got to maintain Fair everything. I, I was just very upset. That the man who won the Academy Award for playing her daddy, Will Smith, was not there in the audience. Yeah, it's true. He's in Ecuador making a movie. Will, come back. Remember, he always used to be at the U.S. Open. Will, Will Smith. Remember, Donald Trump was always there. Everybody. There was a lot of famous people there. David Dinkins, he would show up wearing his whites, his tennis whites, like he He was was playing. He was into it. He he wasn't wearing. No, he wasn't. Yes. No. I was there with him. He was wearing a suit. No, no, no. He was in his tennis white. He would never go out of. I, I remember David Dinkins would not go out of that uh, anywhere in public without wearing I, a suit. I'm, I will send you the pictures. Yeah. So he had invited me and Lisa to Time Angels in the morning uh-huh. here at WABC. Lisa made me go. Uh, we went and we snuck out. And then he calls us at home. He goes, wait a second. Martinez playing tonight. You got to come back. I said, what? I hate tennis. No, I got to go. It's the mayor. He was dressed all in white, like he was going to play tennis then, like he was going to be the doubles partner. Remember when they yeah. would have male-female doubles? He was going to be Martina Navratilova's yeah. partner. By the way, I voted against that big, I think it was only five votes against it. I voted against that big stadium thing because in the deal to build the stadium, we had, USDA was going to put some money in. We were going to put some money. We, the taxpayers, were going to put the stadiums before they had the dome. And then we agreed that they would divert flights during the U.S. Open away from going, because it takes off right there. As you know, if you've been a Mets fan, it takes off right there. And I'm like, so the people at the stadium, these fancy pants, don't have flights, but someone in Jackson Heights has That's to right. get that flight. So I voted against that. I Excellent. voted against you did that the right thing. By the way, I first saw when they unveiled the statue to Arthur Ashe, I said, oh, my God, he's naked. And that tennis racket wasn't a tennis racket. Who the hell sculpted that statue of Arthur Ashe. Come on, Anthony. I don't are you, Of all the people not to have this conversation with is me. Don't drag me into conversations. $42 like, for a microscopic piece of quiche that you need to put under an electron microscope. I hate tennis. Anyway, up next, you're going to have to explain what a former aide-de-camp of yours said. It's now a spokesperson of the Biden White House. I, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, I know, look, Biden said a lot. We'll put that aside momentarily. You're just going to have to explain what your aide-de-camp meant when she said, if you're in the minority, you're an extremist. If you're not in the majority, maybe you can explain that when we come back. It's left versus right. Uh, Anthony Weiner, if you missed uh, In the Middle, uh, his one-hour solo program from 2 to 3, you can catch it on podcast at wabcradio.com. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest.
Oh, the diva of all divas of disco, Donna Summers. Working hard for the money. She works hard for the money. I guess uh, you're a dollar short and a day late on that pick because we're talking about President Joe Biden, his speech to the nation on the front steps of Independence Hall Outdoors in Philadelphia Thursday night, but preceding it. Uh, Anthony Weiner, a woman you know well. She is now the White House spokesperson. Uh, her name, John Pierre, right? Corinne John Pierre, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Originally from Hempstead, right? I think that's right, yeah. And how did she work for you at one point? She was my press secretary when I was in Congress for about a year. I think she came off the Obama campaign or had just, or she left to go to the Obama, something like that. I think she had also worked for John Edwards, actually. That's quite a rose gallery she's collected. Um, worked for about a year. She was great. And, but she's, she was a political comms kind of person. And so was always looking for the better job. And I think that when I didn't run for mayor in 2009, she moved on, and I can't remember. I think she might have moved on to Obama, too, is, is what So uh, for the year that she was handling PR for you, boy, you were the PR machine, 24-7-365. She probably didn't have a moment of rest. Well, yeah, but I, I have trained a lot of good PR. <laughs> I trained, it's really it's hard to tell who the press secretary was in my office, <laughs> but <laughs> whether it was them or me. But, yeah, she yeah, – she, she, she was up to the pace. I'm I'm so pleased to see that she's so successful right. now. So now, before we talk about what the president of the United States have to say, this preceded it, the uh, daily White House uh, conference with the national reporters. Please explain what she meant by this. And again, we see majority of Americans who disagree. And so when you are not with where majority of Americans are, then, you know, that is extreme. That is an extreme way of thinking. The whole, the whole basis of the country is to support the minority point of view, Bill of Rights, almost everything well, about. Well, no. Politics is about the majority rule. The courts are where you go to get your rights protected if you're in the minority. I mean, we do. The majority governs. That's why the president is able to do things. And then if you go too far and you encroach on my individual rights, okay, then you can go into the Yeah, but courts. we're not a democracy. They kept saying we're a democracy. We're a republic. Oh, I keep hearing this distinction that people are making. Yes, you, you are a republic in that you, we elect people to make decisions for us. We don't go out and all of us go into a town hall meeting of, of 350 million people and make decisions. But, yes, but that doesn't change the fact. It doesn't change the fact that we vote for those people and that there are people who win elections and people that lose elections. And what the president was saying was a fairly obvious thing. You lose an election, it doesn't mean you try to tear down the country. You go and you try to win the next election. You don't deny that the election was won. If, uh, 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 former President Trump put out a, a, a statement last week saying that, oh, based on what we've learned, they should take, they should throw out the results of the election and install a new president. He said that, not whether it's just a joke. Well, that's his it's, opinion. But that's the point. I think what Corinne St. Pierre was saying and what the president was saying in his speech, that opinion is fundamentally anti-democratic. We don't do that. We don't throw people out of office. We don't overturn elections. We allow our vote, our talking, we do our talking at the ballot box. And if you are start saying, well, we don't believe in the ballot box, we don't believe in the courts, we are going to pardon everyone who was convicted on January 6th, including a former police officer who was convicted of, of, of stabbing a police officer with a flagpole, that we're going to pardon those people now. I think what President Trump or President Biden and Corinne were saying is that if you're out of the mainstream, that you don't believe the fundamental compact that you vote. Who, de- and- who determines what the mainstream is? The election. Oh. So if you win the election, you're the mainstream. No, if you participate in the election, if you're participate, the people who win and lose in elections, that represents the mainstream. The, the non-mainstream are people who says we don't believe in the results of elections. We want our guy whether we win or lose. So let me ask you a question. There is a gubernatorial race taking place in Georgia. Uh, it's neck and neck. The Democratic candidate last time did not acknowledge that she lost the race. Stacey Abrams. Well, no, she acknowledged that she lost the race. There was never a question about whether or not she lost the race. She all she, she did. She never conceded. Well, she never conceded. Yes, she acknowledged that that Kemp. Well, yeah, she conceded. No, she didn't. She said that she said. 
I uh, let's fact check that. I, I'm pretty sure she has said repeatedly don't, don't, over and don't over. Don't use the Washington Post to fact check that, please. Let's let's use something. But, the, that's but sort of it is there is a big difference. But Curtis, and this is something that I sometimes hear supporters of overturning the election say. Oh, everyone historically people contest elections. No, going into court or going and saying I want to recount or going into a court and saying I want my rights here protected is different than going into court 50 or 60 times, the courts say no, and then you say I'm going to throw out the results anyway. We have courts. We have ways that we challenge results of courts. And and I I don't have an argument with that. So it's out of the mainstream. It's out of the mainstream to say you should overturn an election that you lost. But when you – have a bully pulpit, and you say if you're not part of the majority, and you're, yeah, but you're remember, in the minority, yeah, but you're an extremist. A, yeah, but she had an article in that sentence that I didn't know. She said it. I don't know what she was talking about there. And and, and but if she's clearly wrong to say that. Well, I'll give you an example. She's, she's, she's clearly wrong right now. The Republicans are the out party in the Senate. It's clearly wrong that supporters of Republicans well, in the Senate. Well, I'll give you an example. Uh, I can extrapolate it for what I saw growing up. You had the John Birch Society. Everybody admits they were a reactionary right-wing organization, an extreme group, who would go to meetings and say, you know, putting fluoride in water to prevent cavities is a communist plot, Right. Right. But they have a right to say that. Yes, they have a right to attend meetings. They have a right to that. That's what America is about. We have the American Communist Party that was led by Gus Hall. He had his little dacha in Yonkers with his, potato, uh, his tomato patch. They've run candidates ever since. They were funded by the Soviet Union. They have a right to be heard. I understand. But this is not a question of right to be heard. Do you have a right but to— they were advocating do you have the overthrow a, of America. Do you have the—even that's fine. Do you have a right to throw out the election results that you lost? I, I, I don't understand that. Why not just say we differ? We won the election. Obviously, it is our it is our time to put our agenda in place. If you feel you're at odds with us, then run in the next election. No, but hold cycle. on a second. Hold on a second. Just remember something. There, this is about what the other side is saying, not what Joe Biden. There's there are candidates for office right now. The Secretary of State in Arizona, who's in charge of designating who won elections, has said that the election in Arizona, he's going to throw out the results of the 2020 election. That's a violation of the law and the Constitution. Okay, so that guy's outside the mainstream. Right. And then what would happen? Uh, well, no, what would on. happen? No, no. Conceivably, let's say he had the power to do that. Well, the, uni- the, uni- the, unitar- the unified or uni- uh, unitarian legislature theory that the Supreme Court says they're going to take up said that that's fine. We're going to let you do that. Well, then let it go through the court process. I understand. What are we so afraid of? But it is outside the mainstream of thought to say that an election that you lost, we are not going to respect. That's the fundamental element of what the election deniers are saying. So basically, if you felt... That's outside the mainstream. If you felt you were done wrong. For instance, Richard Nixon felt he was done wrong. He was right to keep his mouth shut when it's obvious that Papa Joe Kennedy and the mob were able to turn the vote in Cook County over to JFK that gave him the margin of victory. It was it, it, Nixon should have just stayed quiet like he stayed quiet. Just no, suck it up and no, wait until have, 1968 is resurrection. a democratic system with laws in the country that you follow those laws to a conclusion and then you decide who won the election. Been going on for hundreds of years. In I this understand country. that. But let me just finish my thought. So if you follow the law legal process to its conclusion, meaning Donald Trump didn't win, and then you still say, I want to overturn the results. But that's... he can't overturn the results. Well, wait a minute. We, we, we had, you can. We're halfway to the next no, election. No, you can overturn the Where? results. You Where? Can have, no, you can. You can. I'll tell, how? You how, how? I'll tell you how you do yes. it. You have a violent insurrection. A violent insurrection. And that's what, that's oh, what Joe Biden. you mean Bi- like the summer of 2020, Black no, Lives Matter No, and nothing Antifa. like that. Oh, that is the oh, worst. excuse me. That is nothing Attacking like that. Attacking cops, killing cops, killing crime. citizens. Crime. What do you crime. mean crime? It was Those political. are all crimes. Wait, wait. It wasn't Antifa a political all, ideology? They're all crimes. First of all, Antifa, the, you know, what does Antifa stand for? Political ideology. What does Antifa stand for? Uh, revolution. And no, what anarchy. is it? What is the Antifa? A-T-I-N-F-A. Anarchy. No, what does it stand for? Anti-fascist. Are you anti-fascist? Anti- wait, wait, wait. You are Anti- equating me with Antifa that no, I battled no, no. in the streets no, I just of the want, Lower East Side and just broke wanna, my jaw? just want to make sure that we have our terms straight. Do you know what Antifa They're stands for? They're not anti-fascist. Anti- Antifa. They're not anti-fascist. It's not a thing. It's just a label. Oh, It's I not see. an organization. You can't go to an Antifa meeting across whoa, whoa, the street on 3rd Avenue. There's no such thing. They're not an organization. No. And yet for an entire summer of 2020, they marched in the streets Who's of major the Americans. 
Antifa, white guys. Antifa's not an organization. Oh, it's no. a thing. It's a label. Oh, it's a label. Uh, yeah, so, I was battling them in the streets, right? Okay, all the guys. Label. By the way, they broke my jaw. It's a label. No, it's an that ideology. guy who broke your jaw can put on Antifa. He can put an L.A. Rams oh, jersey on. I I'm see. just saying, you guys think that there's like this group somewhere what about meeting, this Black cabal. Black Same thing. Matter. Same thing. Nike. Big, large mansions now. What Nike. a ripoff that Nike. turned out to be. Nike is Black Lives Matter. I saw it. Oh, I saw oh. it. I saw an ad the other day. Oh, I see. I didn't see them marching in the streets. Wait, they? Who are you talking about? The they? Black Lives Matter. They're not a person wearing jerseys. Black Lives Matter, identifying themselves as Black Lives Matter. A lot of people wore Black Lives Matter due to the summer of 2020, including Nike, well, American Express, and I'm pretty sure this station. Well, okay. So let's look at. I'm the guy pretty here. sure this station. Let's go look at the tapes. Well, wait, everyone, everyone believes Black Lives Matter. No, everyone all does. lives matter. What? All lives matter. Do you believe Black Lives Matter? Answer All the question. All lives oh. matter. Okay, fine. No, Do you believe the Black? You're, you're not going to so take me down that So when I say save the road. whales, I have to say save all the fish. No, no, no. All lives matter. I understand. You, so you're if telling I want to me say, that white lives don't so matter, if I Asian say, lives don't oh, matter, oh, Hispanic God. lives don't matter. Are you matter? still going to do this argument? Why are you, why are you just categorizing black because lives Because there's a real question about whether black lives have as much value as ours. And what does black lives matter say? That's racist that's if not, you say all lives matter. That's a, Yes. Do blue lives matter? Of course. All, I, all lives do matter is not what a black life It's like when if I were to say, I have a bumper sticker on my car that says save the whales. You say, oh, you don't want to save the tuna? That's, How do you equate, that's what that means. How do you equate whales and tuna? I'm saying you're twisting the beings. English language. You're doing it with Antifa too. Antifa's not an organization, no, my friend. They just came together. Anti right? anti-fascist. Yeah, Some people oh, identify yeah, yeah, that yeah. way. I, let me put on by my the body way, armor. Let I, me get my baton. Let me put on my did helmet. Did you see Antifa down at that trans bar in Texas the other day carrying guns? Wait, wait, wait a second. Oh, they don't carry weapons? No, no, Antifa. I'm just saying that those people had let things saying I'm Antifa. Okay, there, there, you're Antifa. So in your I am anti-fascist myself. Wait. So let me get this straight, Anthony Weiner. Antifa doesn't exist. All of a sudden, no, they Antifa as an organization some... saying they and Antifa right, doesn't how work. How do they get all their members together? They don't actually. Oh, they just show up in the summer of 2020. Five hundred, a thousand. Wait a minute, they just show up. You think in the summer of 2020, when people are marching all over this country after what happened to George Floyd, all those people? We're all Antifa or Black Lives Matter. No, no, no they're American no citizens who are outraged. But you outraged. can easily see them. They were all dressed in black. They had umbrellas. They hid behind the umbrellas. But they're not the and Proud they Boys. The police. They're not like the Proud Boys that have a central organization. They're just a label. Oh. The Proud Boys have a central organization that organized that organized a, a seditious attack on the Capitol on January 6th. I see. So that's the difference. I see. So the Proud Boys bad. But Antifa is just an ideology. They heard that there were right. fascists so in the one, neighborhood. One and average a, everyday one, people put all black on and came out with black umbrellas and attacked the police. No, I'm saying one is an organized organized thing that has a central structure and conspired to overthrow the country. Proud Boys. One is a, is a label does, that does, some does, people does, wear, some people don't. I am an anti-fascist, so call me it if you want. So does Antifa believe by in the anarchy? Way, by the way, you're anti-fascist, too. Does, I know you. The way you say does Antifa believe in anarchy? You're trying to ascribe characteristics to a they label. They have a handbook. Antifa has a handbook. So do the so do hippies. But what, what, wait, is that hippies an organization? Don't hippies literally did it? Didn't um, what's that? The curly you, hair. You, you've drank the Jerry the Whale Nadler. No, I'm just saying Joe you're Biden twisting. There, there is there is a big difference between Black Lives Matter, which is a banner that everyone was flying at a certain point. It is just a general philosophy that says that black lives have value and that we have to start paying respect to it. Wow. And that everyone they certainly have value in buying mansions now. What happened to all no, that money? No, no, no. Your your people might have made donations to organizations under the Black Lives Matter banner that were stupid. And it might be wasted money, but that does not make Antifa an organization that you can refer to with the pronoun they. It doesn't work. No, they just broke my jaw. I no, some dude broke your jaw. Ideology broke some my jaw. Some dude broke your jaw. Hey, by the way, ideology, please don't break my jaw again. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, wait a second. Are you going to take advantage of this uh, with your son? I think maybe I'll take advantage of this with my sons. $3 movies. Where? Did you know that? Right here in New York City all day and all around the country because people are not going to movie theaters. $3 movies. Now they make up for it on the Milk Duds, the Juju Beats, the Good and Plenty, Plenty Good. But imagine for $3 you can go to a theater. Used and to be in able... surround sound, 
listen to a movie of your choice. It used to be three dollars a quarter so you can get a certain type of movie, but they're not talking about that. <laughs> right here on Left versus Right, Anthony Weiner, yours truly, Curtis Lee. If you missed any of the uh, show in the middle with Anthony Weiner, go to wabcradio.com for all your podcasting needs. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. Uh, I hate this song. Hate this song. Where did you come this up with this? This is a work. Uh, he's doing a work labor thing, right? Is this men at men at work? Okay, so it's labor. That's the day. land down under. That's Australia. We're talking American. No, today. no, no. The theme. The theme is he did it with the last song too, but we kind of glossed over it. That was working for the weekend, I think. So Diego's putting in the time here. Let's give him credit. He's not mailing it. He's doing the best he can for Labor Day weekend. And by the way, I have a concession to make. But I, I'm not buying done, any beer from we've you. We've done a little research on the Stacey Abrams concession. Yes. Okay. So she did give a speech saying that she had not won the election. Right. But she didn't use the word conceding. And here's what she has. Here's what she said at the time. And this is her quoting. Concession means to acknowledge an action is right, true, or proper. As a woman of conscience and faith, I cannot concede. Remember, there was questions about whether polling places had been moved to make it harder for African-Americans and Georgians. But my assessment is that the law currently allows no further viable remedy, meaning I'm going to follow the law here. Okay, here's the alternative. The alternative is I didn't win. The law has followed has no viable remedy. And I'm going to break the law and I'm going to try to stop the election and I'm going to try to throw out the results. That's the distinction that was being made. But anyway, back to our three. Well, now she has a chance to amend all that. The polls say she's neck and neck. We'll see what happens November 8th. Today was supposed to be the second time that Artemis uh, first was scheduled to launch. Again, delayed some kind of leak in the apparatus. Remember, we haven't uh, launched. and Artemis isn't one of your cats. This is a no. this is a vessel that was going to travel to the moon, I think, right? Yes, remember, there was Mercury. Uh, that was what put John Glenn up in space. He circled the Earth three times, and then it put us on uh, board for Apollo. And then in the summer of 69, the landing on the moon, the first lunar moonwalk that some people actually don't believe took place. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but Frank Morano's not here, so we don't have to talk about him. <laughs> exactly. But Artemis, remember, was scheduled to go last week. It had to be delayed. It was scheduled to go this morning. had to be delayed. Now, uh, the longer it gets delayed, the crowds just keep gathering and gathering. The RVs, the vans, 400,000 people that were out there surrounding Cape uh, Kennedy. Cape Kennedy? Right, waiting for this uh, lunar launch to take place, although it's not going to land on the moon. It's going to have three mannequins in, inside and some kind of doll. Uh, it'll take, um, I think, I believe it's uh, 36 weeks uh, for it to go round uh, the moon and then return. But I said, wait, we already landed astronauts on the moon. How come we're not just going straight to the moon? You know, it's a battle now because the Red Chinese say they're going to colonize it. Obviously, Putin says he wants to colonize it. Israel has the capability. India has the capability. Brazil had the capability for a while. I don't think they have that ability. So it's a race to colonize the moon. But when you say colonize, it mean people live there? Well, also for military purposes, for all purposes. But before that, notice for 50 years, we, we weren't interested. We, we, we did it. We landed. We left our lunar uh, junk on the moon. Now, well, all of a sudden, we're interested. We're again. not learning. Do we learn all that much by hanging out on the moon? I mean, isn't it a matter of pushing our frontiers? I mean, I, I know we got this romantic notion about the moon, and it's going to make good TV when we're finally there. But um, all I know is as a result of the race for space with the uh, cosmonauts versus the astronauts, uh, the Cold War, we ended up with Tang. That's the most important thing that developed out of Nassau. We yeah. ended up with Tang. A whole generation was brought up on that crap. I remember drinking drinking Tang, and my mother would say, drink it. The John Glenn drinks the it. The astronauts drink Tang. I get the feeling. Did we? Did Pop-Tarts come from that also? Or is that, is that a- Who knows? <laughs> Who, I think Velcro came from that. So $3 movies. I got to tell you, I was going to take Jordan to the movie yesterday. You know the problem? There's not that many that make it into the theaters anymore. Like, it's not like it used to be in the summertime. You had 20 summertime blockbusters. 
because there was only a handful, I guess, that wind up that don't go to streaming. But um, well, since it was not the launch of Artemis One, how about the Apollo Thirteen movie? I'm sure that's that was somewhere. a good movie. I think there's, so there's so many good. Well, I mean, you can stream best, it, stream yeah. it on your laptop. Well, one of the best, I guess, it really wasn't. It was kind of a space movie. The right stuff. The Tom Wolf oh, that's book. Right. Oh, that was an epic movie. That was just really. It was really more about test pilots and everything else. But, but it was do you great. think that giving people a three dollar opportunity to come back to the theaters? We know that the theaters went dark uh, at the height of the pandemic and the lockdown in March of twenty twenty, and it's been a very difficult uh, recovery, except when it is a blockbuster movie, yeah, uh, like it was for the Tom Cruise uh, right. remake of Top Gun, but. I don't know if this going to do it. But here's what – the last movie I went to, went, it took Jordan and a bunch of his pals to the Spider-Man movie about – I'm going to say about a year ago. And here's what they're doing. One, they sell you a more expensive seat, but it's got features. Like it blows mist in your face when he's going – it shakes. It's kind of like going on a ride. That's that's one way they have it. They're giving you a lot more space in there. I don't know. I, I still pine for the theater experience, but it is really hard – when you have so many streaming opportunities to make the economic argument, maybe this is the thing that gets people going. Well, I remember the Canarsie Movie Theater when I was growing up on 93rd and Avenue L. Remember, you would have a main movie, then you would have the matinee performance. They would uh, basically, uh, if you won the lottery, so to speak, you might walk away with an English racer or a pancake mitt, not Rawlings or Spalding, but from uh, Formosa. And then your friends would break through to let the other friends come running in, and the blue-haired matron with the big K-light, uh, uh, big K-light flashlight would start hitting them in the head because yeah. everybody broke in without paying we had a the, buck fifty. We had the, I think it was called the Plaza on on Bartell Pritchard Square. I think that's what it's called. And and by the way, when they divided that up into a bunch of little theaters, they're like, oh, it's the end of an era. No one's ever going to go anymore. And the multiplex. There you go. Yeah, but the cartoons were great on Saturdays during the matinee. I always wondered, how come they don't play these cartoons on TV? Why do they just save it for the matinee movie shows that we would go to see on Saturdays? Point. So for all of you out there wondering what you're going to do today or over the weekend, $3 movies, I believe it's only today. So just check a multiplex in your neighborhood, take advantage of this. You'll probably have to pay $20 for a box of milk duds, <laughs> but at least you'll get in for $3. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.